can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, along with my lovely co-host, Jane Jordana Hammer. And before we get into the episode, I do want to let everybody know um, via snail mail. I've heard from a couple of you. How do I get in touch with you? What's your favorite drink? Like, you seem like a really classy person. Like, where are the haunts that you like to visit when you're in Europe? Like, that kind of thing. Um, A lot of that information you can find... Um, over on our Instagram and our Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can also find us tweet, tweet, tweeting away over on Twitter, the award-winning Twitter account. Um, that's at MWM Chat. Uh, so there's many, many ways to get a hold of me, ask me for questions about how to become a cultural tastemaker in your area. Um, and uh, what it's like to be a big fish in a small pond. Uh, Jane, you know a thing or two about that also, right? We ain't talking about the bird movie. <laughs> <laughs> About which part? You said a lot of things, so I'm kind of unclear. It's because when when you start the podcast, you got to start with energy. You got to start with with a verb. You've got to start with that je ne sais quoi. You've got to let people know. Okay, I'm learning from you because I've never started the podcast before. We have we have a tradition and it starts with you and it ends with me. There there we go. And so I wonder what it's like to start a podcast, to start it's, with that energy, find the words, find the set the tone. It's a tone setting mission, isn't it? It is. That's why yeah. I said, actually, that's why I said, t- like, I'm a tastemaker culturally. So, like, that's why I think about when I think about this, because I set the tones in rooms. I set the, the tone in the wine club that I'm a part of. I set the tone in a lot but of I'm, you places did, I you enter. Did, you did say that... Um, if people wanted to know how to be a tastemaker in their, um, I think you said small towns, you would help out with that. And I'd love to know sort of like where you were going with that, like just maybe like two to three tips or tricks on how to become a tastemaker so that they can get a little taste and then maybe reach out for you for more. Well, you tripped over your words just then. That's going to be a faux pas that it's going to be the number one thing you want to do. (laughs) You've got to speak with intent and clarity and you can't make a mistake because you may have somebody in the room Mm. who catches you on it. So that's the number one thing is never make a mistake under any circumstances. So that's you may the have a, one rule. So what you're saying is you may have an asshole in the room. Is that right? Well, hopefully everybody in the room has one on them. Hopefully if you don't, that's okay though. Everybody's built different. And, and you can be ours. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I will say also, I need, I need a couple of details though, before I need to know how racist your town is. Okay, um, and I need sure. to know what marginalized groups you identify as members of, because okay. you're going to probably have to figure out a way to like dance around some of that to get like okay. the wider. And it may sound like I'm saying, <laughs> it may sound like, it may sound like I'm saying that you're going to want to hide parts of your identity. And that, and, 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 and I didn't say it. And I, I didn't say it either. I didn't say didn't, it either. You said it without saying it. I didn't say it. What I said was we want to figure out those things that maybe everybody's not loving. And then we want to <laughs> tamper it down. And then you sprinkle it in little by little later on. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So what Look, I'm, okay. these are specific no, rules to, for small towns. Just to recap, you want oh. to know how everybody identifies 
You want to find out and figure out ways where they can. And, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, push down those significant parts of their identities in order to be more palatable to the hateful people in their small town. Is that right? Look, that what I learned as a flouncy, of- as a flouncy black little queer boy <laughs> growing up in the South <laughs> is sometimes <laughs> you want to, you want to, you got to bob and weave a little bit. It's it's, okay. it's different now, sure. um, mm-hmm. you know, but you like to sprinkle it in and really it helps if you're funny because that's going to really do a lot of the work for you. And people aren't really going to be looking for those points of difference quite so, quite so much. No, no, no. All, all, all that aside, just make sure you have money. Um, yeah, and I I would say that is actually probably the most important part about being ding, a ding, 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 ding. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not everybody's born with it. Some of us self made. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. week, these are this week. These weeks are always really, really like I, important to me. I'd but, love to name some self made um, wealthy people, starting with Kylie Jenner. Who else? Who do you oh, know? Self made. Oh God, we're starting there. Um, yeah, self made wealthy see. people. Well, I guess. Ghislaine Maxwell technically self-made her the bed that she's lying in right now. So that counts. Um, But like, there's a lot of them out there. There's Mm. Kylie, of course. Um, There's Kylie's (laughs) assistant. Okay. Um, Would you think, do you think Kylie's assistant is making more than 50 K a year? Yes. Tell me the truth. Yes. You do. But, But I also like wonder because rich people like that are that rich are so stingy with their money and it's shocking. This is what I'm saying. People and I who could work totally... for super wealthy people make such little money and they, they're they like, oh, well, the perk is you get to fly on my private yeah, jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to go to all these incredible places. It's probably yeah. somebody who's younger than her even who's like, yeah. let's hope. And let's hope don't... it's not some 45-year-old woman who went to Brandeis and like I don't, majored I don't... in marketing and is just like, <laughs> I just want to get home to my kids, Kylie. Like... <laughs> I fucking doubt it. It's just like, oh my God. She's like looking around for for her espadrilles. Kylie's like, those shoes aren't hot enough. She's like, I have fucking sciatica. That's not hot either. I've also got a goddamn ex-husband that I'm paying palimony to. Um, So yeah, I'm assuming Brenda's... With 50K salary. (laughs) Exactly. And like something that is teetering on gout at this point. Um, But you don't cover medical so Who knows? I'm just, she doesn't have a primary care physician. So I'm flipping coins and just hoping for the best at this exactly. point, you know? Exactly. Um, that's a good question, though, actually. Like, I am. I have no concept for it. But that is. But like, here's the thing. I think we can agree that Kylie Jenner probably has like four or five assistants. Right. Is that crazy of me to think that? Oh, God, I do not. I, I would I would say at least two, like two. Like there's the one that's been there the longest who likes to really spot out the orders and like deals with like the underlings and things. And that's the one that I think we're talking about. So like a celebrity who has who's worth like nearly like what, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like I got to kind of believe that like. I got to kind of believe that the assistant is like making like. At least six figures, right? I mean, I would hope so. It's I like would a hope dro- so. It's like a, I mean, that's like a drop. It also bucket. sounds like a really thankless job. So you know, back in the day, I was a personal assistant to someone who had money, slight, slightly more money than me. Not money, but like when I was twenty one, I thought she was wealthy, and then I understood that it was like, like this is how the other half lives, <laughs> and it's like in a hovel. I've, 
I've made the joke multiple times. Like she drove a Nissan Altima. Like we weren't dealing with like opulence here. We weren't dealing with like upper tier, but sometimes those rich people trick you with those cars though. I know, but she owned, she owned a lot of properties in Mm -hmm. Chicago. That'll do it. And her family was wealthy. I don't know how much she was making, but um, I was her assistant and also at her like property management company, but also her personal assistant. Mm. And, you know, I would not recommend it as a job, to be honest with you. It is really hard. I can't imagine doing that job at any other age too. like as like and and maybe maybe there is actually I'm talking about my one specific experience. So like maybe there is like a really great scenario where it's like you're like a 52 year old mother of two and you have a part time assistant job for a really wealthy celebrity. Like maybe that's really great. Maybe that's a really good scenario. I don't know. The one I worked in was not good. But it also absolutely it's like more I would imagine more than so many jobs. It is so specific to like that person and like, you know, their person. So if you got like an incredible person that like was always sort of like feeling a little bit like apologetic about asking you to do anything. Yeah. They're they're probably going to be able to ride that. And you got really good perks. It's like, oh my God, I got two Birkins. Do you, would you possibly like want the other one? (laughs) Birkins? Them shit's in storage. What are you talking about? (laughs) As Beyonce told us in Summer Renaissance. Um, Exactly. But, and the Birkins people went crazy. Um, No, I agree with you though. I also think it's like, it's that kind of relationship where it's like you ingratiate yourself to them and then it's like, they like are cleaning out their closet and they're like, oh, do you want all this like 2019 Gucci? Like, I'm done with it. I don't want to deal with it. Take it to the real already, rail or I've do whatever you want to do with 40, it. I've, I've already been photographed in it. Like, I can't really wear it again to another event. Like, is there something you could Very imagine that. wearing this to? And it's like, yeah, and I could imagine I, wearing this to the, like, to get the mirror mail. in my bathroom. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, though, too, it's probably, like, really tricky, though, because I have heard stories before. The people who, like, do things for you and you don't you're not realizing that like that's that that's their version of like a bonus like that's their version of like all of those little tiny things or like take this stuff like like take take this stuff and like it goes without saying it's like donate it but like if you want to keep it you can keep it like that's their way of like making up for the fact that they don't pay you great like so it's like you really have to sort of be like on your toes and like but that's also unethical oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. for sure but it's but this type of relationship is one that i think is like rife for that kind of behavior because Mm -hmm. the lines are completely like clear and so like because there's not really like demarcation around like what what the parameters are it's possible to like make all of these justifications and if you've got somebody who's doing things for you that you think are like just them doing it out of selflessness and then you know when you ask for a raise like a year down the line they're like you didn't say anything about that when like you know i let you come with me and i bought you all of that new luggage to go you know to saint tropez like you had a ball and i foot the bill every night for all that stuff so it's like weird to hear you saying this because I feel like I've given you more than what like a raise would. It's like, okay, be clear with me what's happening then when it's happening. So that you're not. Because that's, but that's also like part of my job. It's like, I took you to the VMAs and it's like, yeah, but I stood behind you and like had to like hand you 
caffeine pills all night and like held all of your extra dresses and like was sweating and like was ushering you. It wasn't the fantasy for me. It was for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like you had, and you also like made me like weirdly like stalk Leonardo DiCaprio all night and then like hand him your like number and a piece of paper. It's like, <laughs> like that, like I didn't love that. I didn't love sweating it out outside of the men's room while he had an awful conversation with Dwayne Johnson. Like, <laughs> but I did what you asked me to do to make sure that like Dakota Fanning wasn't getting too close to him. Like, and then I had to watch the coat closet all night. Well, you had a fucking quickie with Pete Davidson after you couldn't get, get it together with Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Oh, that, I like that. That's that. That's the B. Um, <laughs> but very, well, I guess though, like yeah. Pete Davidson is like a list now or whatever. I don't know. Sure. Everybody, everybody is like trying to get what, a whatever your qualifications are for a list. Right. There are mil- like, there are so many things that I would be shocked still, even though he is considered a list to like see Pete Davidson in or doing. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like if I turned on the television and it was an ad for a movie with Pete Davidson and Brad Pitt, I'd be shocked. I'd be like, whoa, like. You know what I mean? I would be shocked because I'm not sure Brad Pitt would want to participate just because like if I turned on TV and I saw that if I saw that 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 the morning show with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston had added Pete Davidson to the cast for the next season, I'd be like, what? Like that would be very shocking. I just mean like I just mean like he does. But like, yeah, like, I mean, he's he's a comedian, though, at heart, and he's performing like and selling out venues all over, I think. So, I mean, no, he's, he's in some movies, but it's like. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in like, I don't know, like a Judd Apatow joint. Yes. I no, I get be, what you mean. His star- which has just as much as publicity, I think, as the morning show. But the morning show is like a gritty show. You but know the morning I mean? show is also like stars to A-listers. Like it all like. Right. But there's like a different category of A-listers. No, I know. And I mean, and I think that his is also it's still forming. Like it's not. Right. He's, he just left SNL. So it's like, what are you going to be? And who knows? He could get like an uncut gyms type gritty role and then be like the darling of Hollywood and win a freaking Oscar. They love that. They do. They love when comedians have their punch drunk love uncut They love when a comedian has a gritty moment. And I do too. I do too. It depends on the comedian, of course, and like whether As long as it's a male comedian though, right? Yeah, of course. I hate women. Because I heard that Nikki Glazer's got some really, really great (laughs) stuff coming up. Like gritty roles, like (laughs) Sally Field level stuff. Oh, So I'll be interested to see. I'd be um, excited to see that. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to give you a ticket for opening night. Um, and you know what? I spoke earlier about the business <laughs> and about being in charge of multiple businesses. As you, mm-hmm. as a lot of you know, I'm a car magnet. I'm a gearhead. Yes. And so yeah, when we talk about gearhead. automobiles, when we're talking about hogs, when we're talking about like the road and mm. the dude being yeah. one together, we're uh-huh. talking about that that synchronicity, baby. That's when I'm. I'm chomping at the bits. And this week, Janie gave me one of like the Carhead movies, you know, <laughs> of all Which time. Is a surprise considering that this is such in your wheelhouse. This is such within your level of interest that you had not, you haven't seen any of these. And it's like, this is your bread and butter. This is how you make your money. This is how I make my money. This is how I take care of my shrewd husband. This is how this I is keep the multiple roofs. Yeah, this yeah. is how I take care of my family. 
Uh, so it's crazy for me. It's the same thing though with like, you know, you ask a chef to watch Ratatouille. It's like, it's too close to home. Right. So for yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel vibe. that a little bit. I think that's why also like not all of like, not all of the gear talk is, is 100% on the up and up. So for me, mm. it's like nails on a chalkboard when I see it. Oh, like, totally. Totally. It's like a doctor watching ER, you know? It's like, exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not where that axle goes, homie. <laughs> you know what it's I like mean? Very that. <laughs> subdural hematoma on that guy. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Nice know? try. Where's the antifreeze? <laughs> you know that. That part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think we're going to need some wind fiber f- fluid. I fucked it up. Yeah. So, Jane, why don't you go ahead and just read your synopsis for this week? <sighs> By the way, I don't think we ever said the name of the movie. It's Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious. I don't know why I sounded like I sounded like a really smart two year old. <laughs> too fat, too foolish. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Edit that out! Oh my god! Edit why? that out! Because that was the most disgusting thing I've ever done. It sounded so good though. You sounded On sexy. It- <laughs> you actually, honestly, no joke. You sounded like Jessica Wabbit. <laughs> all of those it's time for me to read my synopses and never revisit that moment in my life oh, i love it i love you, you push you push me into it Ugh, you're I sick pulled you. i pulled you over to my side you're total fucking sicko the <clears throat> mm-hmm. <Lovaki>, mama <clears throat> actually no this is just um water with that water those water enhancer drops those like you know um, what are what's the drop I don't know what it's called, but it's like extra hydration or whatever. And you add it to your water and it's got a little flavor. What's the flavor? It's um, cucumber lemon, I think. That's why it's like a little green. Uh, yeah, it's it, it actually kind of looks like straight up urine. Honestly, I was scared that that was just the tap water, which is why because <laughs> I was like, it's not completely colored, but it's like a little bit off it's from clear. Slight, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, gonna this be like, is, I put my drops in it, baby. What so in the silk? What is going hydrate. on? We're going to have to talk to the local plant. About what they're putting in it. Um, like they're going to tell us shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jane, you have Le Fleur. Oh, thank you for giving it to me. <laughs> He's doing a very obnoxious gesture. If we had no, 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 no. Never that. Never that. Um, okay. Too fast. Too, too fast. fast. Brian O'Connor is officially on the other side of the law. When we last left the fast crew, he saved Dom from getting in big trouble with the police, and it turns out it resulted in the loss of his badge. But that's okay. Brian knows how to make ends meet. He's moved down to Miami to escape the heat, and like Exina Aguilera, he's back to basics. He's street racing with the seedy underbelly of South Florida and winning stacks left and right. Right up until he gets apprehended by the police, that is. He's broken several major laws and the message is clear. Get locked up for a long time or work with your former boss, FBI agent Bilkins, and a new guy, U.S. Customs agent Markham, to go undercover and take down infamous Argentinian drug lord Carter Verone. 
O'Connor decides the choice is clear, but in order to make this believable, he's going to have to recruit one of his day ones from back home. Roman Pierce. (laughs) There's only one problem. They aren't exactly on the best of terms. Brian goes to try and convince Roman to help with the job. As long as they can both clear their records, it's a win-win for both of them. After a sexy man fight in a dusty parking lot, the two make up and agree to work together. First, they have to earn the trust of Verone. But don't worry, there's already an agent who's infiltrated Carter's inner circle, and she's going to help them. Her name is Monica Fuentes, and she's been on the inside for 11 and a half months, pretending to be Verone's girlfriend. Not only is she great at her job gathering intel to take down Verone, she's sexy as hell. And to quote my favorite podcast co-host, Brandon Greenhouse, uh, Brian Likey. But there's no time for that. Brian and Roman have to go on a secret mission to grab an important package from Verone's car at a local impound. And not only that, they have to beat a host of other guys who are after the same thing. Whoever wins will get hired by Verone. Don't worry. O'Connor and Rome make light work of the mission and and unsurprisingly land the job. And the job is simple. Help Verone smuggle some duffel bags of money from one place in Florida to another place in Florida. He's even cleared the way for Brian and Roman by promising a 15 minute window for when the cops will look the other way so they can drive the bags to Verone's private jet. And they'll all be free and clear, not to mention an extra 100K in the pockets of Rome and O'Connor. Brian and Rome tell the feds what the plan is, and all they have to do is intercept Verone before he leaves and take him into custody. Now, all they have to do is lay low and keep Verone's trust until the mission, and everything should go smoothly, right? We've never heard of anything going wrong in an action movie where we have both sides of the law working together. Will Brian and Rome make it out of there alive? Will Monica stop eye-fucking O'Connor every time they're in the same room and raise suspicions with, with Verone? Will Vin Diesel, Jordana Brewster, or Michelle Rodriguez ever show up? Tune in and find out how things got a little too fast, too furious. Whew. Wow. There it is. It's that gritty. It's that gritty, it's folks. That gritty. You, you actually addressed my first um, inquiry, which was the fact that, like, I did not know that we weren't going to have Vin in this movie. Um, I didn't know that. And so that was really surprising for me. Dave, of course, ruined that for me in the first like two minutes of the movie. Although, to be fair, I don't I if Dave had said anything within like 10 to 12 minutes, I would have said, where's Finn? Um, Yeah, I forgot he was not in this movie. I totally forgot. Dave mentioned that he thinks it was because he was doing triple X at the time. It was. So I looked it up. And apparently it was some people say it was because he was doing triple X and some people say it was because he didn't like the script. Mm. So I don't know what's true and what's not true. But then there was like an interview from like 2014 with Vin being like, oh, I maybe should have because I guess they offered him like twenty five million dollars or something like that. <sighs> and he was like, oh, I'm good. And it's like you could offer me twenty five million dollars. And I I would I, there's so much I would compromise on morally and um, artistically. Um, but yeah, he said something about like, he maybe should have been less hasty to like say no or something. 
It's interesting, too, that like that's a lot of money, even for like even for a successful like first film. Yeah. This is just like the, the sequel. So it's still kind of untested grounds. I mean, it, it's not completely unheard of. Like the first Fast and Furious was a massive hit, but it's just like that's a lot. And, I, and it, it makes it's interesting because it makes me wonder, like how that would have happened. I kind of I bet what it would have been would have been like Brian needing to get him. Dom would have been the person that Brian was trying to recruit mm-hmm. to help him. And there would have been maybe some tension between them. Although, although honestly, I don't know what Dom, what ground Dom would have had to feel any type of way about Brian after he basically served a prison sentence to like prevent him from going to jail. Like, wait, did Dom, did Brian go to prison? Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, they say like, it's really weird, though, because at the beginning of the movie, they basically say like. Brian was in jail. Am I incorrect? I, I thought, thought they, he went to Florida to avoid all of that and like kind of be on the run. See, I thought that he was arrested. I thought that he went to jail because at the end of the last movie, they literally like. I think he just lost his job. I don't know if he actually went to jail. Really? Maybe. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it would have been a little bit more. Maybe I just thought that it was maybe he would have said like maybe that would have been sort of like explicitly. um, Okay, so. okay, so it basically it's 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 Brian. Yes, Brian was later. It says Brian was later sent to juvenile detention for two years in Tucson. This can't be right. That maybe that's during his childhood because he has like they like touch on like him and Roman know each other because they were like scrappy kids who like were into cars and like got into trouble. And he went the way of a cop and Roman went the way of like, you know, the um, I don't want to say criminal, but like the illegal activity. And um, then maybe you're right. Maybe it's just sort of like this exile that he was like forced to like you know i think it was hiding yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so and and the shame also because in order to get him also to do this mission and go undercover again it they're like well because they say like oh you've got a lot of charges in in california and we can make those go away yeah i think you're right i don't think he actually goes to jail i think it's maybe just like the shame because they've essentially like rustled up new charges that they're sort of like trying to like leverage in order to get him to do what they want him to do which which is also like interesting because at the beginning of this movie it was like sort of unclear like they when the when the cops sort of arrest him at the end of this like you know, drag race competition or whatever at the very beginning of the film agent markham is like like the moment that they get him, they know what they want to do with him. You know what I, I know. mean? It's like it's not chomping. It's like they've it. been waiting, like they've almost been waiting for him to do something nefarious in order to pull him in and have like the leverage to make him work undercover for them. Because it's like they they're there. They catch him or they apprehend him following this race. Oh, he's the only one they apprehend. Also, by the way, they apprehend <laughs> him. They bring him to like the police station. And then as soon as he gets to the police station, like we know who you are. You're Brian O'Connor, even though he's trying to like pretend like he's not. And then they're like, "Okay, we got a job for you. It's like, okay, so this isn't like happenstance. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, you've been thinking about this. And it's like, also like, why are you asking him to do this? Because he is obviously not trustworthy. He's shown given, the, given the fact that he lost his badge by helping out someone do more illegal activities that he's going to infiltrate, become emotionally attached to the people he's working with and side with them, you know? But also it's like, it's it almost to answer that question. I feel almost like a part of that is like what we find out later on when Detective Markham, who is played by um, James Remar, who you may remember as um, the man Richard with the perfect penis on Sex and the City. That's Samantha. Yep. I will Samantha. never see James Remar and not, and not think. think of that's always what I'll think of. It's Samantha holding a the rose rose. Yep. Saying it's long, pink, and perfect when she's talking about his dick. And then I think his penis is the first penis they ever showed on Sex in the City and maybe like um, on an HBO series. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it. <laughs> well, it isn't the first one in HBO series, baby, because your boy was watching Oz and Real Sex long before uh, Sex Okay, the okay, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's wrong. But, but it, I think it was the first. But maybe dick on that on, show, it was the first stick on um, Sex and City. I think that's so funny. I always, yeah, I, he'll always be Richard to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it was so funny. It was we'll so always f- think of your long, perfect dick, James Remar. Exactly. It was so no funny, matter though. what you do. No, there's no Oscar turn for you. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, well, I mean, based on this performance also, you'll see, you've seen to that. Um, but also, like, they arrest him, they get him there, and essentially, like, several things that, like, this movie just drags the police, by the way. This whole movie is just dragging the police department. Which I'm not bored. Well, it's, hey, they're, 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 they're speaking, they're speaking truths, babe. Exactly. They, they, but they apprehend him, and essentially what that tells me, what you just said earlier, I think the reason what... What you said about the fact that, like, they bring him in and you're like, but he's proven himself to not be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say that that, which I feel like is almost a part of why they brought him in, because as this assignment is presented to us, it is an extremely dangerous assignment. And later on in the movie, they're they're informed by um, Monica Fuentes, who's played by the lovely Eva Mendez. Um, they're they're informed by her that. Verone's plan is to kill them after they after they complete the, the final task for him. Yeah. And like and the cops don't care. They're like, whatever. They're like, we're still doing it. And we're still like, doing it. Which is which also tells me that like this is a part of why you pick them also, because they're like people that can be disposed of and like you have no sense of loyalty to them. So like them being placed in danger isn't a concern to you. Your concern is the completion of like a particular task, but like you pulled in people that in your eyes are essentially disposable. Like, absolutely. And I think there's you you there's, you know, that thread um, throughout from, you know, a fictional story into real life where it's like, uh, yeah, obviously the system of cops don't value li- a lot of lives in general. And this just sort of plays into that for sure. Wait, what do you mean, Jane? All lives matter. <laughs> um, I'd love to see that actually be true right also the funny thing too because we find out you know as Jane mentioned earlier um, you know the gay duo you didn't know you needed um, uh, we've got Brian and Rome going at it we've got the late great <laughs> the late great legend Paul Walker Paul and, Walker R.I.P. and we've got our R&B you know star turned Superstar. gritty 
action movie, mainly Fast and Furious, but still Tyrese Gibson playing the role of Rome. And we find out like fairly early on also, which I thought was really like funny. The second time I watched the movie, I was like having this whole conversation with myself because I was like, they were talking about, they were having a conversation about bringing them in and who was having the conversation? The, the, the cops, the Markham and the other. They're like, we'll, we'll basically Wilkins. once they bring in Brian um, and then Brian recruits Rome to work with him as his partner. And then the, the whole like carrot that he's dangling in front of Rome, who has this very contentious relationship with Brian, is like, if you come in and do this and they'll wipe your record clean. But it's also like that goes to show you like how like that goes to show you how how sort of like flimsy like the whole idea of like a record really is because it's like, Absolutely. Then, then the record isn't about then. And then what you're essentially saying is that this is that this record that is that you're holding over his head and that's preventing him from like, you know, gaining like access to like certain jobs within society and like maybe even like certain access to like Most certain jobs. up certain like, um you know, l- places to live like all of that. Then you're saying that, like, if it can be wiped away so easily, then this isn't about protecting the public. Then this is about power. Like if you have the 100%. power to take it away. No, granted, if like no Rome has like like some petty theft charges if he was like you know a hatchet wielding child molester maybe they'd be like oh we got some we got some gray area here we gotta go talk to some people we're gonna have to have a conversation with the da about eliminating those charges that involve you killing and like raping people we don't know if we're gonna be able to just wipe it clean we don't know and 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 that is a different conversation than like illegal. But we're talking about these types of and, these you know, types of charges. We're exactly. not talking about that. That's not the conversation. The conversation is there's so many people with these kinds of petty theft or you know um, these you know these uh, crimes that aren't necessarily like super hurtful to you know. It's like all of the drug charges as we watch these like white ass millionaire you know millionaires branch off into like the you know legal marijuana business like the same things that like we've got people that are given life sentences in prison for no it's just for like a pound of weed and there's like white rich women in the suburbs being like I think I'll start a cannabis business isn't that fun and it's like it's it's they're being given like keys to the fucking city for helping like revitalize the like the community exactly very that it does make you wonder like what what would have happened if they would have like wanted to do like a sting operation like this and they needed like to recruit like a, a John Wayne Gacy or like a Ted Bundy and they were like <laughs> okay like I'll do it will you wipe my record clean it's like well first of all we're not releasing you um, so like you're still living the record you're still very much in the I middle of I would love that. to know what kind of mission you would send John Wayne Gacy on in order to help what skill does he have besides like shitty clown makeup I can't say what I was going to say. So, um, uh, so I'll get in trouble. But um, you just say it to me and we'll cut it. You love that. I was well. You said what? Like what kind of mission? And I said they've got like cut this. I was going to say okay. they've got like overpopulation. They've got like overpopulation at like a nearby orphanage. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, you gotta cut that, man. Um, God, that white woman wrote me in again. Just say it. Just say it. We won't. We won't leave it in. That's what I was gonna say. It's a horrible joke. I don't feel that way. Um, of course not. But you're a slave. Do I the watch comedy. the doc? Do I watch I it, it every time a new stupid new documentary comes out on him? Yeah. 
I'm not the proudest of it, but I want to hear what new facts they got. Me too. I watch them all. Um, we talk about them too, so it's like. And I judge. Mm, Don't worry course. about that part. I judge. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I am. Uh, one of the funny things too is the very like. So we get this drag race at the beginning of the movie. We also like they love a good like relation. They I feel like they spend so much time trying to wedge these like heteronormative relationships into these movies that they really aren't invested in and they don't want to no. do any labor to tell these stories. But they're like, we gotta put them in here, and it's like you don't. We gotta Just put don't them in do there it. for what. For who? For how? I guess it's like the thing about it, it feels like they're just reminding us that these are straight men. Like that's right. the only thing I can think of. Like, no, he's straight though. Even he's though straight. he's got know, way more sexual chemistry with Tyrese than he does <laughs> with fucking Eva Mendes in this movie. I know. And also, like the thing is too, it's like there's like a quick kiss between Eva Mendes and um Paul Walker. Paul Walker. And when that happened, I was like, why? why there have been no justification for it. All you have is all you've been doing and the only conversation that led up to this is like Tyrese's character Rome Rome is like stop ogling her man. Don't look at her man. We got to concentrate on the job at hand or whatever. And then like all of a sudden she goes to their like house on a boat I guess and warns them that um, you know Verone wants to kill him after the job and then she's like then they like have this quick quick, it makes no sense I was just like what is their relationship I I don't understand why you're trying to shoehorn this in we don't need it like and I'm always a person who is here for the love story but baby this is not a love story it's not it and they're not in they're not invested in it It all just it it doesn't feel like it has no like there's no bite to it. It feels like they don't know what to do with it. it, it it's, fe- it's feckless is what it is. It's just like it, it's lifeless. It's it's limp. It's like there. It's like almost like like John, the once again, we've been saying late great quite a bit, but the late great, you know, director John, John Singleton directed the, the second Fast and the Furious movie. Wonderful. You know him from Higher Learning. You know him from his, one of the, the first African-American director nominated for Best Director Academy Award for Boys and in the, the Youngest. Hood, like, and the youngest, and the youngest like, person directed. And the youngest or, person, yeah. Or legend. nominated. Yeah. Absolutely legend. Absolutely um, legend. R.I.P. Incredible. And you can, I will say, it's like, you can tell this is a John Singleton movie where he was not involved in the writing of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, yeah, no, you cannot. But there's it's a lot like of he really... Does, he does what he can, and, yes. like, that's what makes it exciting to watch. But, like, the script in and of itself, like, particularly the female characters, yeah. I mean, this is a problem from the first movie, too. And, like, surprise, surprise, it's a problem again where it's, like, these women are literal hood ornaments, and yeah. they only exist. Like, I think about the Devin Aoki character who plays Suki. 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 She, first of all, is so beautiful, and I just want to say oh, that. she's gorgeous. And um, I think she's super cool, but like her character does nothing. All she does is make sexual innuendo and like wear like almost nothing, which is like that's not necessarily like. It's just very one dimensional. And it's like, we're not They're investing not really here in to female explore. characters at all no. whatatsoever. And again, this is the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, no, we know that. We're not. still going to talk about like, it because that's what we do. But yeah. no, you're, one, you're, you're, you're 100% right. And also, it's like, we're not really like the women in this movie are merely catalysts for like yes. the men to like, they're, they're, 
they're like fire. They're, they're the fire. They, they're the, the igniting, you know, force that like propels them in into making some of the more rash decisions that they make because right. they're riding on this emotionality and they're riding on like, you know, this desire and like this need to save, like, you know, mm-hmm. which sort of knocks all reason out of it. And that's how they, ju- out of the equation and that's how they justify it. But like from the beginning of the movie, there's like this weird interaction between Suki and like the tag, the Tej character. It was played by, yeah, Christopher Ludacris Bridges, baby. Um, Shout out to him. And it's like, they don't, they're apparently in a relationship, I guess, like halfway through the film. At one point, they're like, she's like, hey, baby. And it's like, are y'all together? I know. Like, (laughs) what is happening? And they're also always together in like every scene. But it's also like, you could just be friends. Like, we don't need, like, we don't need this, like, relationship that you're not really invested in as writers. So it's like, why throw it in? But all of a sudden they're dating, but not for any reason. Uh, It it is not, it is a means to no end. It, It doesn't. Advance and it's the story clear in the beginning that they're not dating because he goes up to her car yes. after the race or maybe before the race before. or whenever. And he's like, hey, baby, when can I fix your gear shift or something? And she's like, when you got the right toolbox or some dumb sexual. Which I thought meant cars. that she was maybe queer when he said that. That's what my first thought was like, oh, oh I maybe. would have loved. And that maybe she I don't know. Angle. I just a couple of times she did refer to him as baby in the film, which maybe yeah. that didn't mean what I thought it meant. But like, no, it meant no. No, they were trying to push the narrative. Make them a couple together okay. after that first scene for sure. If we're it, wrong, if if I'm wrong, string me up because I that that's exactly what they were trying to do in my yeah, opinion. It, it was yeah, it was really weird. Also, like the Eva Mendes character in this movie is nothing. Like they no. don't know what to do with her. She's 100%. beautiful, great, but like she doesn't advance a story. We love we love Eva Mendes, but she's so unnecessary. And world. typically she's unnecessary. And also we don't like Shade. I'm sorry. I I name a name a performance um, that stuck with you. Quick. <laughs> Quick. Hold on. Let me look at her IMDb. No, now you have to look at the IMDb. <laughs> so we got our answer. I always Hitch. feel like Eva Mendes. No, I've is actually like, never seen Hitch. Before. Oh my god. <laughs> That's going on the list, baby. Oh no. When we were when we were in college, a really good friend of mine, he created something called Hitches, which were movies that we would go see that were really bad, and we go see them on purpose because we knew they were bad because of how oh, horrible sh- Hitch was. Oh, she was in Training Day. Yeah. I forgot it until the, the game wasn't named movies that Eva Mendez is in. She's been in a lot. It's <laughs> named memorable been in a lot of movies. She's been in a lot of like bad movies too. You know what she's actually you know you know where they use her really well? They use her really well in the other guys. That is a she's in a really fun part in the I was gonna s- I haven't I I haven't seen that movie, but Oh my um, god, it's going on the list. It's so funny. Um but yeah, so like it's like they don't really know what to do with her. And also they don't empower her as a character at all. Like no. they don't really she gets like little to no screen. Time. Also, she's an undercover detective who's essentially bringing in Brian and Rome into her already like active, like a, a year long investigation. I have a question for you. Yeah, I the biggest question I had while watching this movie was, <laughs> is she fucking Verone? Okay, this is this is a question that I also had too, and I think we we never get 
confirmation on this, but I think the answer is yes, which is like, girl, you going above and beyond on this well, job. We've all we've all seen like a Donnie Brasco. We know those movies where like I know that's based on true story. But we know those movies where like the, the the like the cop is undercover and like it's like a cop working for like the mob, and then like they start testing him, and he has to like you know shoot someone or he has to like do cocaine in front of everybody, and then they get pulled into the world. Right, but it's like right. it is really peculiar because you're like it's never made explicitly clear if like she has a sexual relationship with Verone but then also like Verone is like he's like a dog with a bone like he is so intense on like keeping her away from like Brian who clearly like they keep having these moments where they're like stealing glances in front of like this crime boss like they keep having these moments and like he catches them and then he pulls Brian aside and he's like don't you ever you know don't you even fucking think about it and it's like are you two intimate together and it's like I would have loved just a quick yes, moment with Brian the- where he's like, are you fucking him? I just have to know, like, <laughs> aside from everything else, are y'all, are y'all actually having a sexual relationship? Detective? They are. They are. Because he he pulls her against or he pushes her against the wall and kisses her aggressively. Verone pushes her against the wall and kisses her aggressively. And he's like, I don't want you talking to any other men but me. And then, like, makes out with her. And it's like. There's no way that she's pretending to be this guy's girl for 11 and a half months. And she hasn't had to. Especially like this crime, like this crime boss who's not exactly. He's not not playing by like the Boy Scouts like rule book as far as like relationships going. Like he's not like going steady with her and like. No. And it's like, but they don't, they dance around it the whole film and they don't actually like address it. Like, and it's really like <laughs> odd that they're like, they don't want to go all in on it. They don't want to like have a they moment. They don't want to go all in on it. I would love to have a gritty moment where uh, Monica Fuentes is like broken up and crying. She's like, you won't believe what I've had to do. This depraved man. I can't believe I've compromised everything for this investigation. But you know what I mean? Like, I would love I see. I want the that would have made her a whole character. You know, I thought you were going to say that would have made her a whore. Um, I, would, <laughs> I would want. I would have wanted the opposite of that. See, I wanted the gritty moment where she looks at him and she's like, "Oh, you think I can handle a fucking gun? I've been fucking. The, I've been fucking the psychopath of Miami for the last year. Oh, I'm good. Okay, okay. So sh- I'm tough." Okay. You so know, like I wanted like or or like, Brian's I'm compartmentalizing like compartmentalizing and I'm doing something I'm doing and it's like, well, but whoa, 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 we never asked you to do that. And she's but, like, Well, I'm doing my job. Oh, oh, like the chief comes in, he's like, Wait, <laughs> Princess, are you Princess, are you having an intimate sexual relationship with him? That is absolutely not what we wanted. Like it's actually kind of <laughs> like compromises an HR violation at this point. We got to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, I really wanted the grit. I wanted that moment where like Brian maybe like, you know, makes it makes like a little slick like comment at her or something. And he's like, I don't I don't want his second or something like that. And mm. then and she's like, what I do with him is business. And what I did with you was pleasure. And there's a oh. fucking difference. And I get to decide what that looks like. And then it's like, ooh. I like that. And then she's standing in her truth and she's not ashamed what she's had to do. And there's no shame in using your sexuality. No, 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 no. Never. No. And we support that. We support. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. If you have have to have sex with a drug um, kingpin in order to get what you need. And he's cute. And you're into it. and, And. 
I started realizing what road I was going down <laughs> and I rose up out of my body and I said, stop talking. But then the other part of me was like, you're a professional podcast host. You never stop talking. And so those were sort of at war. You're a professional podcast host? Do you have another podcast other than this one that I don't know about? Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I think that it's like, no, she's doing what she's got to do clearly, but it's a part of like, it's a CD underbelly. And it's also like, if you're going to present this as like a part, a key part of the story, then it, it helps us because it helps us understand like cost. And because in the beginning totally. of this movie, the first time I watched it in the beginning, I could not put my finger on what their relationship was. I initially thought that it was one of those, like, not that this kind of relationship is one that we celebrate, but I thought it was one of those relationships relationships with like the really sleazy guy who like she works for him and she does like a specific job for him and like he hounds her or he like you know at times ogles her but like but nothing ever it's just you know it's like it's right. like I, I can't. I'm just like a playful banter because it's not 1982, but like right. it's like but you know he makes little. It would have been fine. Yeah, like that kind of thing though, where he's like trying to like make advances and talk about how sexy she is, but like nothing's ever happened between them, and it's just like right, you know, because he likes to keep business separate and for whatever reason, you know, you know how these guys are. So like you know how these crime bosses are in like <laughs> movies. Um, but, but like no, you're absolutely right. Now that I'm being real with myself, it's like. Of course they were having sex. Of course, of course like, having sex, there was I, an we, intimate relationship. But the narrative of the movie was not, it was not committing to that fact. It was like, oh, you know, you figure it out for yourself. And it's like, no, no, no. Because the, you, you are giving us all of you opened, nuggets. you opened, you're the ones who, you started it. Like you exactly. brought this up and presented it to us. So it's like, what's going on? I would love it if it turned, if like the whole 11 months she's been like using like those like, those like tried and true like wife in a sitcom like excuses oh, I've that got a she's literally been like I'm on my cycle for like 11 months and she's like this damn period won't clear up I wish I could I want the sex and it's just like okay, at this I'm point, so attracted to you and everything that you are my body quakes when you walk in the room it's just like I would love and he's just like no you're going to the doctor at this point because like it's, a, it's hemorrhage you're hemorrhaging like regularly also um, also, also, a lot of people have sex on their periods, so yeah. I'm sure he, I'm sure at some point. He's like, looks like a problem. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Um, so uh, I forget. Sometimes I just think I'm talking to you and then I have to remember. I know that's, um, the, that's the terrifying thing about this fucking podcast. I do also <laughs> want to say, I do just want to say this movie was released on June 3rd. 2003 once mm. again we're 19 years baby um and then wow, we've done, a, i think the last three movies we've done it yeah yeah you're right. not wrong i know That's i've crazy. noticed that too um and then the budget was 73 million and then the box office was 236 million um Whoa. so and also one thing i did want to bring up also towards the beginning of this movie when they first pull in brian and they're like we want you to work for us um and he's like tentative about it then they're like okay we're gonna have you going to cover we're, we've been trying to track down verone and we're gonna give you a partner and this guy that they assigned to be oh a my partner god i'm so they, excited it's it, name is edward finley it's he plays agent dunn and it's like he just he couldn't he couldn't be less effective as like anything. And he's got these cargo shorts on and he's somebody's stepdad. Um, and 100 percent. He's in the movie. He's in the scenes with all of the agents yes. like most of the time. And he is bringing nothing. To he the only I mean, he barely speaks. I, this, I don't know if they, maybe it was an equity thing. They were like, we don't want to give him. 
you know, let's get that script light. Or they were like, no, it did nothing to do with that. We saw his audition. He has a look we want, but that's about it. So we cut the lines, <laughs> damn it. Um, but there's this scene where Brian's like, they're like, at first, Brian pretends like he's like cool with this guy being like the partner that he goes undercover with. And he's like, and, and the dude is like standing there in front of like the room full of agents. And Brian's like, cool, we're going to be working together. And then he's like, yeah, like, is it a, like, what kind of engine is, is the better engine when you're dealing with like, you know, uh, when you're dealing the Nissan Skyline, I'm surprised you're missing all this because you are such a. Cute it's because I deal with it's because I deal with high end cars. I don't deal okay. with like I don't deal I'm, with like lower tier stuff like that. I'm driving spiders. I'm driving Bentleys, girl. <laughs> so your shop only deals with like wealthy, expensive, well, luxury. These are these are technically pretty expensive cars, I think. From what, what I've read, from what I've read. And you will be the expert, not me, of course, because this is not my world. This is your world. So I want to give that to you. Then shut up. <laughs> then give it to me. <laughs> no, but, you know, seriously, I'm big your head. These cars are a little bit out of sight of the realm that I'm familiar with. And I need to be more familiar with, like, you know, the everyday man's type of vehicles, but okay. I've, I, I was, you know what, what I mean? Like try? I was brought home from, I was brought home from the, the hospital in a Rolls Royce. So like, that's the world that I was born into. You so. and Mrs. Winterborn. Mrs. Winterborn. Another one of our episodes. Don't be afraid to go listen to it. It was a lot of fun. It's got Shirley MacLaine, Brendan Fraser, the, our girl, Ricky Lake, that Ricky, go Ricky, go, go Ricky, go Ricky. I literally can't say her name without hearing that song in my Of own. course not. She's an icon. She's a fucking she legend. She is. She really is. Um, um I, but he asks him he quizzes him on the he quizzes him on the on the engine. He quizzes him on the engine. He's like Do you know it, what an engine is? It's the thing I, that I'm assuming it, that's a line from the movie that you're quoting. No, no, oh no, no, I was asking you, it's the thing that makes the car go, right? Yeah. I, I build them. Yeah, it plays a role in it. Yeah. Okay, and he says, "Is the ga- is it the Gallo twelve or the Gallo twenty four the best for the Nissan Skyline?" And then, and then Agent Dunn is like, "Oh, the twenty four. And then he's like, "Oh no, you do it." Oh, and then Brian's like, "See, I, I didn't know that they specialize in engines over at the over at pizza shops because he's holding he's holding literally Agent Dunn is holding a cup from like some pizzeria called Gallo something, and so he just pulls that name out of out of you know off the cup and he asks him and he like fails miserably, which proves Brian's point that like I need like a person who understands this world and this guy is not going to do it. Like he's going to be made so quickly. And also like agent, like um, agent Markham gets so upset with agent Dunn because he didn't know that. Like he was quizzed on it or something. He like <laughs> slaps the cup out of his hand. Like you and that stupid pizza cup. That's what messed everything up for us. It's like, no, it's like, let him have his soda, man. It's also oh, like he look- never would have been the appropriate one for this movie. <laughs> And it's and they do they dress him up like a total fucking dork too. He's yes, like high waisted shorts and like they just so they, nerdy. They really try to sell that he doesn't know how to fit into this world, which is fine. But it's like why he also doesn't really cops? seem to know how to fit into the detective world either. For being honest, <laughs> why would the why um, would the why would the agents like want like him to be this, the second? This like extra from Salute Your Shorts that they brought over. <laughs> it's just like it is not it's not giving, and it's also like. 
It's also funny the second time I watched the movie because that scene comes somewhere towards the beginning of the movie and thinking mm-hmm. about what is going to unfold in this film and thinking about Agent Dunn <laughs> being involved in like the role, the Tyrese role, which required like such a skill set and like and just like instincts and like yes. a knowledge of this world in order to come out on the other side of it. Like it's I mean, all he that. Ki- he would have been killed. He would have been killed. He would have been, <laughs> been killed in the first during the first little like treasure hunt time that like Varone gave them to do and it did make me laugh thinking about Agent Dunn being a little bit more in the mix and maybe not making it home to, to Judy Dunn that night his wife <laughs> Judy Dunn <laughs> uh, it was a really funny moment though and like Brian yeah. instantly was like I know who can help us my old lover I mean my old friend mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from the old neighborhood Rome and then he mm-hmm. goes and then okay I will say that like I make I have, I did laugh at him a lot, but actually Tyrese does a really good job in this movie Tyrese and does in a this. Great job. It's a difficult and role to like pull 100%. off and still be somewhat likable, and like Tyrese does a really great job with it. Ludacris also much smaller that part, but Ludacris does hurt. a Ludacris does a great job. Yes, Tyrese is a very handsome man. The thing they, is, is that Tyrese could call me a bitch and then smile at me, and I'd be like, "He's so cute." Oh, that's the that's Jane's kink. Um, no. But you know what I mean, like he, no Tyrese. No, I mean he was he was like a what like a so Calvin Klein model at one point, objectively right? good looking. That it's like he could get away with anything. And by the way, I don't think it's a good standard for our society to set, but it definitely is the standard. And he's got one of those faces where it's like you could be robbing me and then smile at me, and I'd be like, whatever. He probably needed it. <laughs> yeah, he's get, guest and Tommy Hilfiger. That's what he, he's he models yes. for guests and for me. Yeah, he's he's an incredible he's an incredible face. Also, it is funny though because Tyrese has that like that belly tattoo that he has that like mm. just like is not you're not gonna really find that on the thugs. So I thought that was a really funny moment when he ripped off his shirt. <laughs> I was like, I forgot you better that. you better give him that Cisco belly tattoo. Um, it's like Tyrese, like they build. They build it's not that. what you would refer to as being. Horde. <laughs> yeah, it's not that horde horde. Um, but Ty- and like they built it in, and it happens for no reason. Like they just wanted to get oh, Tyree shirtless. One hundred percent. He does not need to take no, his shirt off. No. And I remember it's actually a very dangerous task they're in the middle of when he does it. It's like yeah. this is not the moment. He takes his shirt off. He wraps it he around rips, his hands. He rips his shirt off. You're right. He, he literally shirt off. He rips it off in the sun and his body is glistening with oil. And it's just like, you are really shiny right now for like a midday like iced. But OK. Well, I mean, they are in South Florida. I'm sure it's sweaty. You know, you'll defend him no matter what. And that's your toxic trait. He rips it off. And like, it's also just like him and his boy. It's like, who is this I know. for? There's there's. I will say the moment isn't not homoerotic. This movie has a lot of homoerotic. Like I was surprised by how many homoerotic moments there are in this movie, starting with the very first moment, which is when he goes. So when they realize he's like, I know who I want to like go on this journey with me. (laughs) They don't say that. That's too gay. But he says, I know who I want to. (laughs) That's That's me. That's what I would say. Look, I know that (laughs) I'm staying on a precipice right now and I am I am I'm bedeviled Mm. with Mm -hmm. conflict and with guilt. And I've got a lot of interfacing that I think I need to do. And I'm also bewitched, beguiled and bewildered. (laughs) 
Is this is this a truth circle that we've got going here? Because I want to hop right in the middle and I want to talk about some of the stuff that's been plaguing me. Bewitch, bothered and bewildered. Sorry, it's bewitch. It's bewitch, bothered and bewildered. Bothered. Why did I say beguiled? That's like too much for that song. Bewitched, it's hard. It's like and bewildered. It's my rewrite, Am which I think is, it could work. I love it, that song, but it's, it's sort of song. it's a beautiful song, and. Um, if you don't know it, check it out. It's not beguiled. Yeah, nice. it's like it's a really classic song. Um, not to judge you if you don't know it. That, that sounded a little bit judgy it. when I said it. Like you should. Um, but also, when Agent Bilkins, who also is another character that they like, don't know what to do with, he is like he sometimes seems like he has power, but a lot of times he just seems like he wants a nap. No, he um, just does what he just it stands behind Markham. But there's the moment towards the beginning of the movie when Brian is going to actually recruit Rome and we find out about their sort of tense relationship. And he and he's like he he goes to like he goes to like this race that like he's a part of and he confronts him and he says to it's him and Bilkins and Brian says to Bilkins like whatever happens over the next over the next couple of minutes, just let it ride. And Bilkins (laughs) is like. Okay, like have at it. The girls are gonna be fighting, and right. and then like he confronts him, and then they like proceed to like roll around on the ground and like it is this recess style. Well, he straddles him, and then they're just sort of like they're really it's it's hot and heavy. They're mm-hmm. like they're flouncing a little bit. There's dust is being kicked up, and um, it's two lovers reunited, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it is very much setting the tone. Also, like he doesn't believe Brian when Brian's trying to explain to him, "I want to recruit you for this." That the end of it, you will your record your record will be like expunged completely, and like you will be like a person who doesn't have a you know a criminal record. And then he turns to Bilkins, a person he's never met before, and he says, "This true." And it's like, why are you asking him? You don't even know who he is. All you know is that he's a tall black man who showed up with Paul Walker. That's all you know. And it's like, that's what you're going to for confirmation. Like, this could be the Uber driver. I know. I'd be like, well, is there if I had questions, I'd be like, I'd love to see some paperwork on this. And I'd love to. Yeah, right. Love to have this conversation. There's never paperwork in movies like this. ever. There's there's never anything drawn up. It's always just like word of mouth. The boys, boys supporting boys. Like if it if it's me, I'm dotting my eyes and I'm crossing. Of course you are, but you're also not. You also aren't aren't (laughs) freshly going to be getting out of jail for auto theft, are you? And nobody, nobody is asking me to take down an Argentinian drug lord. No, girl, you can barely get out of the parking lot at Jewel. Nobody's (laughs) trying to get you involved in some heist with like these drug lords with these guns and machetes on them. It's just like we're not, me and you aren't being asked to take these kind of gigs on. Oh my god! The way we, I what the I way miss, I miss we would turns be while chatting. Like I am not the driver you. They would pull us off of this. So me and Jane showing up for this heist. <laughs> we would we would be made instantly because we would be we would be so in the car we would literally nervous. be in the car like supposed to show up at Verone's to like sell ourselves <laughs> to him as like potential like additions to his his motley crew and like I can't that we're already messed up can't say things I was like gonna that. say you would say something like that and like, like hold wow. on where are you from uh no me it would be me you in the car like calling Bilkins and I'd be like. 
we're not doing great right now. Like, and he's like, what the fuck do you mean? Get out of the goddamn car. We, like, need emotional, way too much emotional support. Look, do you guys have a code for better help? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're not, this is like, we're not our best. We're not our best right now. And we didn't have time to stop and get lunch either. I'm so hungry. And my mental health is like, I'm going to be honest, it's fucking failing right now. And then he'd say something like, your mental health, like, you have to worry about that brain when it's blown off. Get out of the fucking car. And then us showing up and like, you know, and they'd be like, what the fuck? Why are you, you wearing those fucking Crocs? It's just like, well, it helps my arch. Hey, Big V. Hey, Big V. Oh my God. This is so fun. This house is giving palage. It's just like, you're asking about like a pool day. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is real life. Yeah, it wouldn't be our, it wouldn't be our. Why did you leave your package in the car at an impound? Like, I just feel like you didn't have a lot of forethought and it seems like we're kind of carrying like the brunt of your error and now we have to go make a run and I'm really really hungry I'd love some melon and prosciutto I'd love a little bit of something I see your chef over there something tells me you've got some fresh basil growing around here somewhere I'd love a good <laughs> praise on that yum such a good idea and cue us just being shot like animals <laughs> by the pool like he's just like you being here is already a liability and you're useless so you're dead um it's like and we're not gonna be making you that fucking margarita pizza you keep asking for either um but there's a pizza oven by the pool you're not he just an, he just kills us because he's and he's just annoyed by us he's like you two get the fuck out of here um no it's it's very that though he gives them like he starts with like this this chase and that's the thing about the fast and furious movies is like 30 percent of the fast and furious movies are just car chases yeah and like we get the first one which is like pretty fun and like exciting and we get michael ely yes um, for is, five seconds in this for movie. five seconds michael ely's in the movie they mm-hmm. tried to make him not like beautiful they didn't really succeed did they try I feel like he I feel like they're trying to like grit him up a little bit and make him not like a pretty boy. And like Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. It's yeah, like because he Michael was still Ely, striking. No, Michael Ely is <laughs> always gonna be beautiful. It's just yeah. like, why aren't you modeling? What are you doing? I um, know. Yeah. So like we get that one and then we get the we get the second car chase in this scene. Well, the first car chase is significant because they do that bridge jump, which the comes bridge jump, back. which I, which they didn't tell anybody about. It's just like I, that was they like lift the up whole a bridge thing. and they all have to like some they lift of it up them. to like they lift the bridge up to like 45 like about 45 degrees so at the end totally. of the race the big like the denouement of the race is going to be them <laughs> it's going to be them flying the, the what tell it to Verona I want you to say that to Verona <laughs> so what's going to be so what's going to be the denouement of this whole event is it like us bringing it to you because I think that would really be like a coup de gras to your enemies to just see you thriving in this way and to know that it's it's not about the drugs it's not about the money it's about Big V showing up for Big V uh, absolutely his journey it's just like he's like I don't know maybe I can use homosexual for something <laughs> Oof, that sounded sexual um, it did didn't it I didn't mean it like that okay. uh, but <laughs> don't say okay like that um but but it's essentially like that the 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 big like bridge moment but they're all really when they're coming around the corner 
Luda, Tej, he's like, oh, I got a, I got a big surprise for you guys. He raises that bridge to the 45 degree angle and they all go flying over the bridge. Except it's, for one, the one guy's like, fuck this. I'm not. Yeah. Doing the this. one guy's not doing it. But everybody <laughs> Which is else. The only sensible person. I was like, that be me. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm done. Um, and then like the unceremonious, like drive back. You should probably just go home and get, just go get something to eat and go home at that point. Yeah. Um, but the other three cars, when they fly over, when they see that the bridge is raised, they're all so excited. They're yeah. all like, yes, this is happening. I have no, I have no qualms about it. I'm not questioning anything. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. It's also that wild thing too, of like the cars fly. Every one of these cars is like, you know, after you fly over a bridge at that angle, like they slam into the pavement and it's just like, right. It I guess back to the body shop. Car. It's got, I mean, yeah. you probably, that's gotta be 20 K worth of like, I know. Work. So even if you, even if you win, which Paul Walker did, obviously you still have to pay for all the fucking work on your car. Well, it, how much did he win? He won like 10 K. 10k yeah which is like nothing considering how much considering like the amount of work that you're probably gonna you're probably gonna put all that back into the car i'd imagine oh i don't know that's not i don't know if you're about 10k when suki car. came but when suki you came, are the you are the gearhead so you i'm the i'm the expert so like i give me the floor um when suki flies over that bridge her car her car slams into the ground mm-hmm. and the entire front of her car it looks like it just like comes off yeah. And she doesn't give a shit. She's just like, she's riding the adrenaline of the moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's what it's after. You're like chasing that kind of a high. Totally. So like it's, it's, it's the, it's the, the that momentary like grasp of it. It's like these, the whole race is like for that, that moment of glory where you mm-hmm. like grab mm-hmm. a hold of, I've got to imagine what feels like, you know, forever you, you, you're flying through the air. You got to feel a little bit like a superhero, you know? And so, and I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that sort of adrenaline. I I don't need it. But I, I, I respect people who um who love that and I think it's cool. A little too scary for me. I don't like heights. I don't like you know Well like, like the drag the drag race sort of like aspect of it. I have a <clears throat> we both have a really close friend, um, mm-hmm. and her husband does these these races and everything and when he shows me like the cars and stuff, I've seen them and they, they're beautiful. It's like, it, it, but it does sound really fun and exciting to me when I hear about of it. Course. Like, I would love it's, to be on the sidelines and know that there's no chance of me being arrested at all. Um, right. Which I, th- again, I think is, well, I mean, tough to guarantee. And I can't be here. I can't country. be at these events. I don't know. No, the the moment I thought about it, the moment I thought about it, I didn't know the hell out of everybody. You don't want me around. <laughs> any noise I hear, I'm going to think is the cops coming. <laughs> and they're like, no, that was just a car backfire. Like, you're good. Like, I don't know. You would I don't also know. step over people and <laughs> you throw them into the road. Better believe it. To, <laughs> to get, get out of there? To avoid, to avoid containment? Yeah. Like a rat in a cage, baby. Speaking my of rat in a cage. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of that situation. But that's like the first like race. And then that's where he sort of like roped into it. And then it's like Tyrese. Tyrese's Rome sort of becomes a part of it. They're sent on like this goose chase that we find out is like set up by Verone. He's like, my car was impounded. And like, I've it was drugs, right? It was drugs in the center console. 
No, no, it was a cigar. <laughs> it was a cigar. It was a cigar. Which was such a like flex. Like I can get you to do whatever I want. I can get you little rats to do whatever I want you to do. Yeah. And they exactly. go go get it. And then he reveals that like it was his his impound yard, and like it was all a test. He's like, oh, you're gonna have to pay for my gate. It's like, no, I'm not. Like this was a by any means necessary assignment. Like right, I complete exactly. the assignment. I don't want to pay for your shitty gate. Like I did, and I won't I, be. No, like, charge me, but it's not. I'm not gonna pay. I'm not gonna pay that exactly it's just like very that and so they are the ones who complete it and they kind of jump to the top of his list as far as like you know people to keep an eye on and people who could potentially do work for him although mm-hmm. it also i did have the thought where i was like in what world does verone not know that brian connor is like ex-cop like i i just found it hard to believe that he doesn't have intel and like people that told like when you're bringing new people into like a crew like this and you're like one of the top i'll tell you lords, why okay in the world and like you don't know that this dude is like an ex-cop you can't do like face like you don't do like a face scan on him or something because the person who is um rounding all of these people up and grabbing their licenses and looking up information on them is monica fuentes and she is setting it up so he does not and he fully trusts her so she would have to essentially have like he would have to have somebody else who was like checking her work in order Mm -hmm. to like catch something like okay that makes sense i'll give you that i mean the other thing too is like tyrese's character of rome he's so like he's so intense and he's so angry he pops the fuck off he pops off constantly and also like he never lets like anything thing slide like anything like if he's like like there's a scene where he's in the fight because when they're at the they're at the impound yard they're getting the cigar these the cops show up unexpectedly and like he she and the, there's another there's two other guys who are also doing the same thing that like brian and rome are doing who are also trying to like complete the task in order to like gain favor with rome they're there so it's not like it's not like Brian and Rome can walk over to the cops and be like, Hey, we're in the middle of an undercover assignment. Like, right. and they can't give up their cover. So like his Rome's instinct is to shoot at the cops. And it clear, it was clear to me that he was not trying to actually shoot the cop, but he was shooting in that direction, which obviously is dangerous, but still it's like, I have to do something or, or we're going to, we're going to be made like right here. That's interesting because it wasn't, I didn't think that he I guess I didn't think about it that deeply. I didn't think about the fact that he was trying to miss them. I was so blown away about his lack of hesitation for grabbing for the gun and immediately starting shooting. I was like, what is going on? As opposed to just like, he could have, he could have potentially just gotten in the car and like tried to run off. 100%. But I felt like he really wanted to make a point of like letting these other dudes who were watching, like know that he's not to be fucked with. It was almost like, like too much of a point. It was, uh, yeah, he made, he made, oh, I thought she was a tire apologist. Now it's changing. Um, <laughs> but so we got, so like he gets in the car, he takes off. And then later on, they have this like interaction where Markham like confronts him. And he's like, you don't shoot at like a police officer. And he's like, you almost blew our fucking cover. Like, what were you even doing there? And he's like, I'm right. keeping tabs on you two. I thought you were trying to run away. And it's like, uh, either you hire us to do this job. Or you and don't, you trust but us. like, it, but you bet, not only did you hire us, you begged us to do it. Basically, you put us no, in a you, corner and you made you us do it. You need us more yeah. than we need you. So it's like, if you don't trust me to do it and like, if you're going to be putting in the extra work of like, you've hired us to do this specific job, but now your job is essentially watching us 100% of the time do the job and not just you watching us from like 
a monitor like you're tailing us so it's like you're constantly putting us in danger and you're yeah, constantly creating two um god i forget their names like enrique and Rod- rodrigo those two oh like, the two the two henchmen who work for verone yeah who work enrique constantly. and roberto roberto that's what it is um are constantly following um uh whatchamacallit our two dudes oh they're constantly following brian and rome yeah Brian, but they work for Verone, so they're like doing his bidding. But essentially, they've got like. They've, oh, I'm sorry, I got confused about what you're saying. My bad. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just saying like if you're not going to let them do their job, then why? And if you are right. that worried about them escaping and like getting away, then why hire them? Then just like don't hire them to do it if you can't trust them. Like if they and if they haven't earned your trust at this point. Although I mean, they've essentially done everything you've asked them to do. So yeah. it's just like it's really and they're, and they're doing like a thankless job that like no no actual cop That's is also- doing really dangerous it's extremely they, dangerous they, they could, could be killed at any their moment life yeah and exactly. so it's like at least give them the space to do it and don't create another impediment to them like completing the tasks that you've given them and sort of force them to do you're forcing their hands because you're threatening to like arrest them for like frivolous charges if they don't fall in line and it's the federal government too which is like it's even shittier yeah. so so that's all happening and they like succeed and they gain favor with him. But then also now we've got the whole issue of like, I mean, him, the, these two, like uh, Fuentes and O'Connor, like Brian and Monica, like they're not really doing a good job of hiding the nothing that is their relationship. Like <laughs> they're being so they're being so obvious. they're being well, what they're honestly, what they're being is really sloppy and like, it's like, and it's not which like is, too, which is really, really surprising for a former undercover person in a current undercover person. And and this is her, like, honestly, this detective, she would never be partaking in this kind of relationship. Also, we've never even seen chemistry between them. We've like, there's, we've no. got nothing to go on to make us believe that these two people have a, have a level of like magnetism and attraction that like they are willing to sacrifice everything. In particular, her. Other. Yeah, other than them making eyes at each other one to two times that we've seen them see each other on screen, that is it. That is And then all we're we'll at this him. club scene where she's like touching his chest and I'm like, why? What are, are you Verone doing? is fucking there watching you and he's a very dangerous person. Like, it doesn't make sense for your character to risk this all, risk it all. The, the, you put your entire life on the line for a year. And now it's you're just sloppy. It's right. Re- yeah. It's it, really it makes like, no sense. it doesn't it's make justification. sense. Yeah. Not for, not for a person who, not for a, a, an officer. She's, she's been an officer clearly for long enough to gain like this kind of like assignment. And mm-hmm. she's 11 months deep and we're on the verge of like this coming to an end. And like, I don't get why like I, they don't do a good enough job of creating a story between these two that would justify her risking her entire career and an organization. And like she's put in obviously like m- multiple modes of labor, including like sexual labor, which obviously like she's had to negotiate certain things in order to like, you know, go compartmentalize and go on that journey. But it's like all of that would be for naught if this whole thing falls apart. So it's like. I just don't see a world in which she's like, you're that irresistible to me that I am willing to sacrifice everything that I have done in order to like, be. it doesn't make sense. It, it makes doesn't. no sense. And the, and you think about what someone like has to put in in order to be undercover for mm-hmm. 
almost a full year, they usually can't talk to their friends or family. They usually Mm -hmm. can't have any contact with anybody. They're constantly paranoid, constantly possibly being followed by Verone's, you know, henchmen in the same way that he has them following other people Um, living with a, a, a psychopath who tells you you can't talk to other men like there's and also later we see like tortures people with like a rat in a bucket so it's like you know there's no a reasonable that this is the thing that i don't like about female characters a lot of the time like particularly in these scenarios when they're just written as like totally senseless humans like you would give up everything that you put in for someone like that like no in reality a woman in this position would never do that but a lot of male writers think that some hot guy comes traipsing in and you will because it is a woman's you know ultimate destiny and validation to be with a man that she will give up any amount of work and any amount of you know whatever just to get a little of that and it's so frustrating because it happens in so many movies like this no it's such a classic trope and it's like she has no sense of agency she has no autonomy there's Mm -hmm. not a moment even if they like even if they made like sort of like the decision to concede in these certain ways a part of her character or a part of Mm -hmm. the script or if they made her journey and her her plight a little bit more legible the tugging the 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 push and pull of these two worlds if any of that were made clear to us then i think it would help understand more but this relationship is so sort of senseless and it's like fraught with problems because it, it just doesn't equate and she has so much more to lose and so it doesn't make sense for these like silly stolen glance like glances and then like like they're meeting they're essentially meeting Varone he's invited them to this club and she's there when they get there and then they're sitting at like a bar and she's like caressing his hand and touching his chest and they're waiting on Varone to arrive and it's like a like you have to be under the illusion that Varone isn't doesn't have eyes on you as his girlfriend all the time and And like like, cameras and people watching and that there's or that there's not people here who know who you are like the club owner or anyone who's like willing who's attempting to like gain any sort of favor with this like you know, madman that they're going to like rat you out. You just, you never know. So it's like, this isn't this crowded club where he could show up at any moment is not the place for you two to be like, you know, playing, you know, with each other's like chests and exploring the landscape of each other's bodies. Like this isn't that moment. And so it's like (laughs) when like it takes like Tyrese, Tyrese's character coming back from the bathroom and the two of them could noodling basically like at the bar. And he's the one who sees Varone, who, by the way, isn't hiding. He's just standing like across the club watching, watching them. them. And Tyrese is like, yo, man, look, look over there. And it's like at the at Varone, who's just there, who's just standing literally feet away watching you two like canoodle. Yeah. It's like, it's so messy. And this leads us into like the next moment, which is when Varone wants to make it clear to Brian and Rome, like what happens when he gets screwed over and doesn't get his way. And we are introduced to the character of Miami Police Department's finest Mm. Detective Whitworth, played by Mark Boone Jr. Who, who were you going to say? 
Oh, I was going to say we love. Whitworth. We yeah, we we love. We love Whitworth. He's trying to do his job. He's well, he's trying to cheat on his wife. It seems, um, <laughs> but he's at but the I club. Love the, I love the actor Mark. Boone the Jr. actor Mark Junior. He is in a lot of things, but what he's in that really touches my heart is Sons of Anarchy, which I binged over the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, okay. He's See, I've never. So- He's so good in that. And he's such a that that's a really good show, actually. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. And he he is um, one of my favorite characters from that show. So I was I I'm always delighted to see him. But I like since I've watched Sons of Anarchy, I'm like even more delighted to see him. I feel I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I knew him from anything, but he does have one of those faces that looks like you could know him from a million. He's different in things. a ton of shit. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Um, but he's brought in and essentially like Verone is neat. He's a he's a cop who is who is on the payroll of Verone and Verone needs him to basically give him and his boys enough space so that they can complete a drop off. And he needs and to do that, he needs like five minutes basically like he needs a grace period where like officers are standing down so that he they can complete their task without being apprehended and initially Whitlock is like I can't do that like I, I can't offer Whitworth sorry is like I can't offer you that you know and so he and his men his henchmen um decide Ernesto and Roberto are like are Ernesto and Roberto are basically like Enrique and Roberto, sorry. Enrique and Roberto are basically brought in. They pull him over to a table. They lay him down on a table and he's on his back. And then they bring out. It's so funny. This scene, this scene still felt so fussy to me. It's like, I get what you're trying to do, but it felt so like convoluted. And it was just like, you you had that rat on hand. You were like, go, 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 go find a rat. Go to Petco. Get a rat and come back. Buy a $12 rat. I don't know how much. And bring it back. (laughs) And so... I mean, you've talked to some of these congressmen, you know, sometimes all it, all it costs is a is a seat in the House. Um, but uh, oh, getting political. He went there. He but went like there. super nondescript political. Yeah. Um, like it could have been about anything. So not committed to it. Um, but they they lay him on the table and then they put a rat on his chest and they put a bucket on top of it's like a metal bucket. Belly button. It's on his belly. And they put the bucket on top of it. And then like he gives a speech about like he's like you know the thing about rats is it's a lot he's like the thing about rats is like you know that like they'll be calm until they feel the heat because his plan is he's got this torch and he wants he's gonna light use the torch to light the exterior of the bucket the metal bucket with the rat inside of it and the rat feeling that fight or flight instinct is going to start essentially scratching and clawing at the detective's chest, chewing his way way out to try and get away from the heat. So he's got the bucket on his chest. These men are holding him in place. And then he's using the torch to light the exterior of the metal bucket. And you can hear the rat like, you know, squealing from inside. And he's like, you don't have to start worrying until they stop making noise because that's when they get into work. And like, and then like Whitworth is just like, I can't do what you want me to do. I cannot, you know, give you five minutes where I've told all of the officers who are doing surveillance to like stand down for you to complete like your heist or whatever. And he's like, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. It was clearly the moment where, you know, the director pulled um, Verone aside and was like, look, this is your now. This is your moment. <laughs> it's, it's Cole Hauser who's playing the role of Verone. Um, and he's like, you have got to like, you got to give this everything. This is, this is your raging bull. 
<laughs> Which it's, like Cole Hauser is a great actor and I've seen him in a lot of things and I think he is really good at being an asshole. He was like he he's in um Dazed and Confused and he plays Oh, like, is he really? really? Yeah, he plays like a really big he's in a million things, but he plays a really big asshole in Dazed and Confused and he's perfect. He's perfect at being a total dickhead, which probably means in life he's a very very nice person cuz you always hear sure. about People. Yeah, I know. I hear Mel Gibson. That's his story, too. Well, no, but Mel Gibson doesn't really play. Mel Gibson always plays the hero. <laughs> Have you ever seen Payback? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think oh, so. Okay. I just I also fuck Mel Gibson. Who cares? But um, I'm sure Cole Hauser is a very nice person. I don't know anything about him. But what I do know about him is that he is currently... In this movie, in Too Fast, Too Furious, playing an Argentinian man who is, um, you know, Latinx. And oh, I knew. Oh, I clocked that as soon as it started. I was I, like, what are they doing? They like tried. What to, are they doing? They had him get what to Miami and they were like, just spend a little bit of time in the sun. And he's like, <laughs> what are you trying to get to happen? I'm like nothing. Just, you know, nothing. Just, just here, have you ever gotten a spray tan? <laughs> exactly. Like, are you familiar like, with Scarlett Johansson's work? <laughs> well, here's the thing. So there are a lot of like uh, a lot of people in Argentina of European descent. There's oh still, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I feel like they made this guy Argentinian in order to like get a pass with Cole Hauser. But then there's this really weird moment where they leave Verone's mansion for the first time and it's Rome and Brian. And Rome is like making fun of something that Verone said. And he says it in like a a, a stereotypical like um, accent from someone who speaks Spanish. And I thought the fuck was that? That is no nobody. Verona was not speaking in that accent, and Verona so, has no accent at all. Verona has you know your, a typical American non-placeable accent, yes. and the fact that did you? I don't know if you caught. This, I know, no, I didn't catch it. But he was doing like a fake like. This is a really deep, layered, complex movie, though, which is probably why I missed that. That's true. You can't catch That's true. Everything, you know? That's true. You can't. You can't pick up everything. But I was just, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? Where are they trying to convince from? him that? Are they trying to convince us that he has that accent? It makes me feel like it makes me feel like he said it like just like he said it without any accent, and then they were like, "Can you like? We want you like making fun of him. So can you like up it?" And it's like to what? <laughs> I, I was using what he did as an example of what to do and like yeah well you know Cole felt a little uncomfortable with like dipping, dipping to his toes too deep into the, these waters but like this is really an opportunity for you to help tell the story of like his ethnicity and it's like uh, <laughs> no no I'd rather not because <laughs> the story's a lie <laughs> none a of this is lie. true it's not an up <laughs> why I also heard that your your cultural like attache on this movie was Hilaria Baldwin. <laughs> really using her, she's sort of the heartbeat of the film, and she's really making sure that everything's mm. quote unquote on the up and up. Um, we heard that Verone <laughs> I mean, actually did come out when we were in high school together, <laughs> and Verone doesn't quite know what a banana is, right? 
<laughs> um, it's actually a, a cucumber. Cucumber, cucumber. Mm-hmm. My bad. He doesn't know what a cucumber is. Un pepino en español. Pepino, mm-hmm. you know. And so maybe that's what they were going for—that sort of vibe, where it's like, <laughs> I can't, you can't catch me. Um, <laughs> Got to do a little bit of light work. That's what we find out at the end of the movie: is that Farone's been pretending to be like Argentinian. They like add that into the story. Oh, They're just so like weird. he's from he's from Muncie. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so we have like so we have all I of just that had to bring that up. No, it is a no, it is a valid. Weird. It is a valid yeah. point, and that is like super strange. It's like they're trying to like use. The well, it's not. It's actually help. not strange, and and it's not strange. It's part for the course, but, but I mean, yeah. like they're like trying to use him to like tell this story that they're like <laughs> ill-equipped to tell. Essentially, yeah, exactly. Um, there's also like some of these like these these chases are really wild. There's a scene where like these two eighteen wheelers, this Mustang get sandwiched during that race where they're trying to get to the this where they're trying to get to like the the yard the tow yard to get the cigar this like mustang gets sandwiched between these two 18 wheelers and like the drivers the the driver of the mustang but after being sort of smashed between them gets pulled underneath one of the 18 wheelers and then their back wheels just run him over yeah like he so just, just dies dead it's just and like also i noted i was like did the 18 wheelers stop like, no. I think it just kept the 18, going. Also, the 18 wheeler didn't stop. And also, I said, to, I turned to Dave because I was like, are these, I was like, are these two, like, do these two work for Verone or something? Like, the two 18 wheeler drivers? He's like, no, they're just like 18 wheeler drivers. Like, do they not feel that Mustang, like, dinging against back and forth like a ping pong ball against, like, I guess their back, like, set of tires. But I mean, maybe when you're, maybe when you're in an 18 wheeler, maybe all that is absorbed and they don't feel it. Cause it's like nobody stopped to be like, what's going on? Like, mm. which is that thing when you're driving and you always want to try and get in, you know, within like, you know, the eye, eyes of like the 18 wheel driver as quickly as possible when you're like in a lane to just like, hey, I'm here because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you no. don't want to fuck with anything going on over there. No, 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 not me. I'm terrified of big trucks on the, um, on the uh, highway they're just i just want to get away from them yeah well no you don't be around them and it sucks when you get like well my husband sucks when my husband gets behind an 18 wheeler and then there's an 18 wheel in the other lane going the exact same speed and he can't get Mm by Mm -hmm. so you're driven i thought you were such a gearhead that you'd you'd like to drive a little bit the thing is when i'm driving a car i can't take Mm -hmm. in the beautiful landscape what's going on in the roads i can't take in all the other beautiful cars that are around there may be a deal for me. There may be somebody who's driving by me on a hog that I can help like make money or I can buy it from them. I, a, hog, I, a, hog, a hog is a motorcycle. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. I'm the, I'm the, gear are guy. you more into motorcycles then? Is this cause I'm just, I, or, or is it all of it? It's all of it. It's all okay. of it. I've been, I've been in a hogs motorcycle since I watched Arthur Fonzarelli jump the shark mm. on happy days. HD. When I saw that, I was like, add those to the list. Those H- like high definition? No, Harley Davidson. Oh, oh, I see, I see. I'm not a gearhead, so it's hard for me to sort of pick up on that. I would love to know if you know of any other kind of um motorcycle brand. And I want to see you hold your hands up so that you <laughs> are so that I don't see you any typing away. I can see you. I can see you typing. You're cheating. I'm not typing. Not a, yes, I can see you. Jane, I have a roach on my have... computer. I was knocking <laughs> the roach off my computer. No, no, no. You I are can wild. S- I can see the reflection of your screen light up in your glasses. And my I can screen tell stays you- lit. And what are you asking me anyway? Hands up. I want you to show me your hands. Oh, God, you said that before. <laughs> I also.
also don't trust you because I think you already know what I was going to ask and you've Googled and I can see you're not looking at me. You're looking I'm at looking at you. Screen. I'm looking at you right now. I don't have to Google things like that. I know this stuff. Like, okay, I'd love, to, I'd love for you to name two other types of, of motorcycle brands. Well, Honda makes motorcycles. Okay. Anything else? Yamaha. I would. Okay. Anything else? You said two. Okay, because you googled it. No, I actually did know that. Yeah, I did actually did because my uncle used to have a Yamaha, so I didn't. I did know but that. What about something Honda. that like ex like exclusively makes motorcycles? Like Kawasaki. You did Google it. Is Any that more real? questions? You Googled it. I don't have to Google because I know because this is my bread and butter. If I didn't know this, then when millionaires come into, come into okay, my... Okay, hands up right now. I'm going to oh ask God, you're getting really comfortable saying that. We got to get you a job with the blue. <laughs> it's so that I know that you're not using your Googler. Okay. <laughs> I would like for you to tell me what a transmission does. Jane, what do you mean what a transmission does? I know what a transmission does. I'm not doing this with <laughs> no, you. No, I can tell you're Googling. <laughs> I'm not Googling anything. I'm trying to get this off of my computer. You're exposed. Jane, I, first of all, transmission means a lot of different things. But it's essentially a vehicle's <laughs> gearbox. It's roughly analogous to the gear shifter and chain system that bicycles use. So it does something very similar to that. Um... I mean, to put it simple, if I get any more complicated than that, then your head's going to explode. <laughs> I know you can Google that. You're I don't so have to lie. Google. This, is, this is how I make my money. <sighs> when you text me and you're like, oh, I, I would love to like have a little trip to Louis Vuitton. And I and I foot the bill for that for you. I tell you to go. I call the sales place and I give them my black card number and I say, take care of her when she gets there. <laughs> I don't ask questions about money because that's gross. That's tacky. I don't mm. care. My girl's coming through. <laughs> do it right. When I do that I would, kind of thing. I would love to meet you at the, in that fantasy. I would love to meet oh you there my God. someday. <laughs> I, you are what some people call an ingrate. I have done things for you. Mm. Um, but I'm regretting all of a sudden because it's mm. like, you know what I'm talking about. You've been to my shops. You've seen the work that my that my people do. It's amazing. Your, Re what restoration. What are, what are the chains of your shop? What's the chain? Your shop chain called? I don't believe I think it's tacky to have like chains, but I have like a couple of different places. I've got greenhouse gears, okay. which is going to specialize. And like we do, we do almost all like transmission work. We do a lot. That's sort of like. <laughs> Basically transmission stuff. And then like. <laughs> and we fix like we do. We do a lot of stuff like that. We fix we fix tailpipes, too. But <laughs> I do that. I do. I have a shop where I'm just doing like restoration jobs. I only do like oh, classic sort vehicles of like a like pimpier ride stuff. Or yeah, exhibits not getting the call, though, this time. OK, because uh, I got I got I got the real the real ones, the real bros, you know. OK. So yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do good business. I do really good business. All right. Um, well, before we too good, <laughs> too good according we... to the federal government. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they want to look at some some of the numbers ain't adding up. It's like get out of here, you know. And speaking so, of the federal guys. government, maybe we should talk about the final, the final Oof. car chase, the, the final, final car chase of this movie, and wh how where we've all been waiting for. 
Where we Absolutely. go. It's big. It's not quite as big as the belt that they put on Eva Mendez at one point in this film. Why but. did they put on that fucking belt? I spent, I don't even know what happened in that scene where they're standing by the cars because I just literally was like, why does that belt exist? It's, it's very is hurt. It, it, is, it is like six to eight inches wide for one thing. It has nothing to do with anything else she's wearing. And there was a stylist that had it and was just like, just throw it on her. Was just like, was Jessica, like, you, you know, Jessica Simpson just wore something. Exposed belt loops, too. It, no, because so they're not being messy. used. They can't. It's not being used because the they don't make loops the that big. Biggest thing you've ever and seen. And you know, you know that like the stylist was like, Jessica Simpson just wore something like this in her Think I'm in Love music video. It's <laughs> like, is that a selling point? <laughs> or a ding. I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to be for me. Um, but yeah, it is not. It's not it. And they throw that on her. They did whatever it they is. wanted. Those early 2000s, baby. Oh, they they put the craziest stuff on you. They would throw was, you in a T-shirt, a long sleeve Oxford and a camisole mm-hmm. and like and not blink an eye. <laughs> Stare you right in your face and tell you you look good. And it's just like. What are Y'all we doing? Are sick. You're sick people. Mess. We, you we, we were. We were sick. We had tiny little scarves that did nothing. They were decorative. Huge, oh. huge, huge, huge belts that also did nothing. Those were those were shots fired clearly in the direction of my girl Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> you love bringing her up on this podcast. I love it. I love I've never met anybody who who rides or dies more for Jennifer Love Hewitt's music career. She was bare naked mm-hmm. and she was getting jaded and she just can't take it anymore. She was a girl from TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? She did it for LFO. She did it for all of us. You know, she did. She's she did. the one who made us ask, how do I deal with you? Mm. How, how do I deal me? with me when I don't even know <laughs> myself or what it is you want from me? <laughs> and she was the first one to sit down and commune with those ghosts. Oh, ghost whisperer. She was. You better believe it, baby. CBS uh, wh- bet on her, and we bet on think, her here. Was that before? Doesn't Keir Cedric have something to do with a ghost show? If she did, then she was following on Jennifer Love Hewitt's coattails, mm-hmm. like she's been doing for most of her career. Yeah, I, yeah, that's always been sort of a comparison that needed to be made. But Between few people two? are few people are brave enough to come for to come for our girl. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. she's an icon. Um, but yeah, so we get to that final chase scene. We Verone like gets a hold of his girl. And this is basically at the point where the thing that he said was going to happen was going to happen is about to happen, which is these boys being killed. And he gets his girl. He gets her on the boat and they're taken off. And we see we really got a setup with that ramp at the beginning of the movie because we got our boy P-Dub, Paul Walker, Behind the wheels mm. of this beautiful, you know, car and American muscle, <laughs> American muscle, babe. And he flies off of this dock, similarly to how he flew over that bridge. Mm-hmm. And he lands on a fucking boat and yeah. it does not sink somehow. Somehow um, he lands um, on the it, boat and like everything's flies kind of through the air and it lands atop a boat. A yacht. What? It's a but yacht, it's not, but still, but it's, not it is like, like, but it's not a huge. It is not a huge yacht. It is not huge enough to justify this for for whatever this was. And they land, they slam into the boat like you do, um, mm-hmm. and then they they arrest him. They arrest our boy Verone. His plan of killing them and getting away with the girl, who he probably was going to kill anyway. He knew she'd been unfaithful to him, so like 
It's a good chance she was going to die anyway, but this is the moment where he almost gets them. They they shoot him. He falls. He reaches for his gun, but it's too late because Monica Fuentes shows up and takes that gun and she mm. aims it at him and she says, you've got the right to remain tyrant. <laughs> and uh, he's taken in. Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of our movies. One of Another the classic one of episodes. Our episodes. Check it out. Check also, it that is out. a Sylvester Sloan connection because I did read that Verone's mansion used in the movie used to be owned by, you guessed it, none other than Sylvester Stallone. Connection. Whoa. Full circle. I did it. Nice. We love these. <laughs> we love these switcheroos that happen with these Hollywood homes. We do. We do. Is there a celebrity who, if you were like in a world where you had like endless amounts of money, mm-hmm. is there a celebrity where you... I'm usually f- in that fantasy world. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Where if you walked in and like the realtor was like, ooh, so-and-so lived here, you would be like, no. No matter how beautiful the house was. Ooh. If, if the house was super beautiful and I loved it, I... Uh, oh, okay. Like, the thing is, is that like there's a there isn't a world where this happens where this celebrity lived here. But I guess Donald Trump, I would never want to live in the energy of his home. What if they were like, and this house was owned by the Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> no, I would not want to live in Jeffrey Epstein's house. That's like that's that's that that would be that would not that would not fly with me. I would feel very uncomfortable thinking about everything that took place there. Okay. What about you? What about you? A celebrity whose house I would just feel like. The, like their energy can't. You, you can't live in a place that they did. Like maybe if they were like, like somebody who I feel like I, I don't think of people that I feel like have lived like chaotic lives where it's just like. Let me flip the question. Okay. If there was a house that you were sort of on the fence about, you didn't love, but you found out a certain celebrity lived there that that you would be like, okay, absolutely, I'm taking the house. Who would it have to be? And I think be like it would have to be like a top tier legend. Mm -hmm. There's nobody like it wouldn't be like a person current now. Like it would have to be like, man, that's a good one. If somebody was like. You like and it's like a nice house. It's not like house? a piece of shit. God, what is that world? Um, right. This is. I mean, like, like, what is that I wouldn't be on the fence about Beyonce's house, probably. Right. But I just mean like. But also, it's like money is no object, and it's not necessary. I was thinking like, perfect. see, I spend a lot of money on construction on it. So and I like, thought like, nice. see, I went to like if somebody was like, like I was thinking about energy, and so I would think like if you were like, right. if you were like, you know what. Sydney Poitier owned this house. Oh my then God. I'd be like, ooh, that'd be good. Or like Cicely Tyson. Like I would yeah. be like, whoa, like I bet this house is full of like really I am I I am from, you know, I went to school in New Mexico and uh, mm-hmm. I do have some hippie in me. So mm-hmm. like um I would probably like something like that would be like, well, that's pretty incredible. You this know, this is energy that I can thrive on. Yeah, like somebody mm-hmm. like that, like legends. Like if somebody's like, yeah, you know, Dinah Ross lives in this house, but whoa, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I could, I could see that. I want to hear one, one no from you, a celebrity that that would make you say, no, I'm not staying in here. What about Phil Spector? If somebody was like Stacy Dash on this house, then I'd probably be like. <laughs> 
I'm good. Dion, no. No, those politics would have me fucked up. So I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good on that one, fam. Um, let me think. I'm trying to think of like a like a celebrity that's problematic enough that like it would warrant like me not making like a, you know, because that because that, you're not making a business decision anymore. Yeah. You know, well, I wouldn't love me- I wouldn't love to live in like a. What about Jeffrey I wouldn't, Epstein? I wouldn't want to live in like James Wood's home. Oh, God, no. Right. I know. I know some stuff's happened there. I'm sure that the nobody home. knows about but him and his savior. Yeah the echoes and screams. I don't want to hear any of that. No. So that'd probably be a, be a, be a hard, a hard no for me, dog. Somebody's like, you know, the football player, Orthel James. Lived in this house. <laughs> in Nobody the, would um, sell it like that because in the awful. early to mid nineties, <laughs> it's like, so the period. Yeah. So he, he was back and forth a lot. Like, yeah. He lived here, you know, wedding, had a child. wedding here in the backyard. It's like, get me out. I don't want any of that. Okay. Here's two very real questions for you. Okay. I would love to know if you would watch Too Fast, Too Furious again. Yeah, I would. Okay, good. I'm surprised by that. It's like a really like, it's a really easy watch. And it's not, I would never watch this movie again and sit down and commit to watching it. But like, I put it on, I was like washing dishes and like, you know, doing stuff around the house for like Mm -hmm. a little bit of chuckle at like the the Tyrese and Mm. and, uh, Paul Walker banter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Love it. Look look around for Vin Diesel, see if he pops up and like some director's cut or something. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) The Vin. Um, all right. And then I guess my next question for you is, do you have a movie that we are going to cover next time? Um, I do. Um, as everybody knows, we mm-hmm. are hope you're all having like a really like spooktastic time mm-hmm. um, as we are getting ready to move into the, one of our favorite seasons here on the podcast. We spooky season. Spooky season. Um, I have a movie for you to watch. Um, I I really want to explore different kinds of horror movies this time. Ooh, um, so I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. <gasps> I have a okay. feeling that your wife is going to enjoy it, though. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I like the oh god I, have, I well actually I was thinking okay sorry I'll just let you say it it's exactly the kind of thing that you're thinking it's gonna be okay um this is a movie that I remember from childhood that Ooh. did have like an effect on me um Ooh. and it is the 1988 joint killer clowns from outer space <gasps> okay okay baby i am really excited for this because i have heard about this movie my whole life okay and good. i know it's going to be out of pocket so i can't wait well you know it's out of this world because you know where they're from it's in the title, out of so. space, baby. <laughs> um, and this is going to move us into some of our the fun Halloween movies that we have coming up for our listeners out there. Um, the mover, the mover goopers, as um, Jane likes the, to call the listeners. Um, never, never. The the we've never back? we've never really come up with a solid we'll name keep, for our listeners. We'll keep, you know, throwing spaghetti we'll at the wall. Yeah. Hey, if you guys have any suggestions, you, exactly. DM us, DM us please, because we're not. 
necessarily great <laughs> at coming up with the name, obviously. So Absolutely. if you guys want to, we'd love to hear what you have. We'd love to see it. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about Fast and the Furious, revisiting the gang with us. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. And we love you. And if you want to continue this exchange of love, you can follow us on all of our social media, which at Instagram and Facebook is at Movies We Missed and at Twitter, we're at MWM chat. So find us there. Give us a holler, a shout, a heart. Um, no dick pics, please. <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> and, hold on. All right. Well, we'll um, never say never. Um, never say never. never. Say never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do what you got to do. And we will see you next week for uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye Oh yeah, you gotta cut that, man.